Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to season two, episode 11 of the Massive Fan Book Club podcast. Today we are covering chapters 58 through 60 of A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass. Remember, this podcast is not for little ears and is more or less PG-13. Today, it's for violence. <laughs> and a few quick reminders. Number one, please remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you listen so that we can make sure to get our podcast out to all our fellow survivors of mass destruction. And on that note, you learn something new every day. Kim, did you know that you can't rate or review on Spotify? I do now, but no, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. So if you listen on a platform that won't let you rate or review and you want to send us a love note that we could share on our website, feel free to send us an email at massivefanspodcast at gmail.com or click the email button on our Facebook page. Reminder number two, if you are participating in the Saving Parathian Workout Challenge hosted by Books and Barbells, don't forget to share your selfies on Instagram and hashtag Saving Parathian Giveaway to participate in our joint giveaway for the challenge. More info on that is available on Instagram and Facebook. And now for a fun announcement. Fable Bands, the headband company that focuses on styles inspired by myths, fables, and stories, will be restocking their Akatar-themed bands on September 23rd. Yay! Yes! <laughs> love ours. We love them, love them. And we're so excited to share that our listeners can use a discount code to get 10% off when they make a purchase between now, September 20th, through October 31st, 2021. The discount code is MASSIVE10 with two A's. Again, that's MASSIVE10, M-A-A-S-I-V-E-10 all capitals, two A's, all caps, valid for one, for use on one purchase per customer. Yes. Ah, super exciting. Oh, also that massive 10, it's a one zero, but you can also see that on our Instagram. We'll share it there. Mm -hmm. And lastly, we want to thank you all for listening. We just awarded our gift for the 1000 downloads and listens giveaway, and we've already surpassed 1500 this week. So <laughs> that's exciting. It's, it's amazing. And truly, we appreciate each and every listen that we get. So thank you so much. And with that, Kim, let's put on our fighting leathers and get on with chapter 58. Okay. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? You got your, your leathers? And not even good? a little bit. Like I've been doing, I am now 16 days into the Saving Perthian Challenge. I have not missed a day and I am not ready. <laughs> well, hang on. Buckle in people because here we go. Chapter 58. So um, as soon as the queens leave uh, the Archeron house, Moore and Azrael and Cassian and Reese and Feyre all go back to Valaris because, well, they don't want the queens to realize the book is missing, especially after the um, fact that the blonde queen alluded to the sixth queen coming under some form of foul play. So um, they, they kind of get back up there. And as soon as they get there, they give Amran the book. It says, in here it says not even bothering to ask about the meeting before she vanished into the dining room of the townhouse and shut the doors behind her 
And so we waited and they waited. I'm sure that that was intense. Just standing there like, so what are we going to do now? Yeah. You know, a good 20 minutes of looking at each other like, and now what do we do? Anyway, we get a little snowflake. It's like, do you want to get some coffee? This could be a while. (laughs) Yeah. Better go get comfy. Put on those comfy pants. Hmm? So anyway, a couple of days passed and Amber still hasn't cracked it. So Reese and Moore go back to the Court of Nightmares to uh, drop off the orb and um, kind of check up on Kira and make sure Kira's doing what they need Kira to do. And, you know, so much fun. But they had to return the orb without Kara realizing guess, that they were returning it. I guess they probably have to check up on him. Surprise, like sometimes, like, you know, uh, what are those? Like, like, uh, surprise inspection. Yes, I was going to say, like, surprise inspections for restaurants. <laughs> Got to make sure we keep surprise. the roaches in check. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, we're here. We're going to spend a few days here checking up on you. Let's hang out. Anyway. Cassian did report that the Illyrian legions are now camping out across the mountains waiting for their next orders. So things are in place. And Feyre does realize that a battle is coming. She doesn't know when or where yet, but it is coming. And she says in her internal monologue, even if we nullified the cauldron using the book, even if I was able to stop that cauldron and the king from using it to shatter the wall and the world, he had armies gathered. Perhaps we'd take the fight to him once the cauldron was disabled. Hmm. Kind of disturbing that that's kind of where they're at, but they are. Sisters haven't decided that they're going to come back, uh, come up to, to Valaris with, with uh, Azriel or any of his, his spies. You know, she, she was, you know, whatever. So with Reese and Moore at the Court of Nightmares, Cassian and Azriel kind of move into the townhouse to become Feyre's new roommates in in their high lord's absence which turns into a whole conversation and personally i would just be like slumber party yeah you know hello hello let's have a party like this would not be a problem for me (laughs) i agree i'm with you and the whole time that they're there they're planning how they're gonna make this visit to Highburn, whatever this visit will entail, which is really funny. And Farrah notes, she goes, I realized they come to stay for company, to dine with me. And the Illyrians had also taken it upon themselves to look after me. So AKA Farrah has two babysitters. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like she gets all weird. Like it's her weird, like, you know, uh, her weird note writing text messaging thing with Reese. And I'm just like, I'm just like, what is the complaint? This sounds great to me. Hey, sounds like a hell of a party for me, man. I'd be there. Anyway, but Reese did confirm it. They were they were emailing back. They were messaging via letter back and forth, vanishing letter back and forth. He did confirm that. Emailing. That's basically what it is. Texting, emailing, whatever. Anyway, it's 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 the Prithian version of email, texting, whatever you want to call it. What what's new now? Slack. (laughs) What do people use the office? Slack, Skype. Slack. Yeah, you know, maybe it's, I don't know. Anyway, it's really cute. So they're there. And, you know, she's like, how do I tell them I don't need them here? Company's fine. I don't need sentries. And Reese is like, you don't tell them. You just set boundaries if they cross a line. But you're their friend and my mate. 
they will protect you on instinct. If you kick their asses out of the house, they'll just sit on the roof. <laughs> and Big I so this. So I'm like, okay. So they they have their little flirty messaging going back and forth. And she's like waiting for him to come back because they're actually there for a couple of days. While they're gone and to go enjoy this beautiful weather and while they wait on Amarin to decipher the code in the book, Asriel had gone on a patrol because, you know, people do kind of need to keep an eye on the city from all the crazies. Yeah, he like has to keep doing his day job. <laughs> he does. He has a day job. Crazy that they have to do that. So Cassian had babysitting duty. <laughs> and he Again, and there are worse babysitters. There are, man. I, I, Cassian could babysit me any day. Sign me up. Man. I will pay him to babysit me. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And um, they had gone to see a performance of some symphony. <laughs> it's some old ancient symphony and really weird music. Totally freaks Cassian out. Pharaoh liked it, but Cassian was just like, it's just weird. <laughs> I picture this kind of like taking your friend who like only watches sports to any like symphonic orchestra concert and they're just like wearing a suit and looking really uncomfortable the whole time, but they're trying to be supportive. So they came. <laughs> well, it's that whole, they're there and they're trying to look like good and cool and, and get into it. And it's like Bach and Mozart. And they're like, yeah. Huh? They're like, yeah, mm -hmm, I know what those are. I totally knew that before right now. Yeah, not. That was really cute. Um, but they're walking back across the main bridge that spanned the river. And they decided to, they had gone and visited Amron and gave her some blood because she's been holed up trying to break the code. And Again, that's similar to like bringing coffee to that friend who is like working on that portion of the group project. And you're like, no, really though, I need you to get this done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. So here's a it. venti Starbucks. Here's your caffeine. Yes, it's yes. exactly that. It is. It's really cute. They were on their way over to the Palace of Thread and Jewels because Feyre wants to get some stuff for her sisters to say thank you for everything they had done for hosting the queens and letting them use the house. Which is nice. I thought it was really sweet that she does this. And they pause in the center of the bridge just to kind of stop and they're chatting. Feyre, you know, she's, she's gotten so comfortable with her, her power, she can feel the, the Sidra moving below them. And while they're doing this, they're, they're having a little talk and Feyre takes it upon herself and she admits because she's a busy bottle, a busy body. Say, like at least she calls herself on it because otherwise this is like every time she opens her big stupid mouth to more and you're like, why yeah. do you feel like this is your business? But exactly. She calls she's her like, I, this is not my business, but I'm curious anyway, which I respect. Right. She was so sweet about it though. Cause she, she admits she's a busy body to herself, but then she, she looks at, at Cass and she's like, it meant a great deal to me, what you promised my sister the other day. He shrugged, his wings rustling. I'd do it for anyone. It meant a lot to her, too. I was going to say Hazel bullshit. Uh-huh. Hazel eyes narrowed slightly, but I casually watched the river. And I think this is really important. And, and for all of you Nesta haters, and I'm not going to tell you that Nesta's my favorite character. She's not. But this little section right here. This little section gives you such an insight into Nesta and it explains 1, a lot and, and think about this. And if, if you keep this in mind and then you go and you read 
when you get to Court of Silver Flames, go back and just read this little section. And I think it'll make so much sense. Okay. So keep this in mind. Put a pin in this section. I love this. Because Pharaoh says, Nesta is different from most people, I explained. She comes across as rigid and vicious. But I think it's a wall, a shield like the ones Reese has in his mind. Against what? Feeling. I think Nesta feels everything, sees too much, sees and feels it all, and she burns with it. Keeping that wall up helps from being overwhelmed and from caring too greatly. She will never be like more, I said. She will never love freely and give it to everyone who crosses her path, but the few she does care for. I think Nesta would shred the world apart for them, shred herself apart for them. She and I have our issues, but Elaine, you will never forget, Cassian, that you offered to defend Elaine, defend her people. As long as she lives, she will remember that kindness. And he's like, why are you telling me this? And Pharaoh's like, I just think you should know for whenever you see her again and she pisses you off, which I'm sure will happen. <laughs> Lols. But it's true. And I think, I think it's such a huge thing to bear in mind. Farah acknowledges this about her and, and is pissed off as Farah gets with her. Farah, by acknowledging this, also acknowledges that she does care about Nesta, that she recognizes what Nesta is like as a person. And I'm the first to tell you I'm not a huge Nesta fan. Um, but at the same time, I went back and I pulled this section out because I was like, wait, Farah describes in here about Nesta and I wanted to kind of go back and get a feel for it so I went back and I read this before I went and read Court of Silver Flames. Sure sure and it, it really kind of resonated with me that this explanation and this explains this is kind of the setup for Court of Silver Flames she burns with it she she builds a wall and in there at one point and I will say this and this is my only spoiler for Silver Flames even though as Kelsey will tell you the internet has spoiled Silver Flames for everybody. Oh yeah. Um that at one point in the book, early on, Nesta herself admits she feels everything. She senses it too much and she feels it. And so I, I really kind of like how Nesta finally admitting what, what Feyre says here, how they tie together, I think is a great continuity of the story and kind of an important tie to get you through all the different parts of the story in the different books. Um, so just something like that, put a pin in that and, and keep in mind that I am a big Nesta fan and it's because of stuff like this, because I it think is. there's a lot of, there's a lot of why behind what Nesta does. Like, I don't think, mm -hmm. I don't think Nesta's a bitch just for the sake of being a bitch. I think it's a, I think it's a coping mechanism, honestly. I agree. I and think she's one of those highly sensitive people who instead of finding a better way to deal with it has just decided that the only way to deal with it is to block it all out and basically push people away. I would agree with that. I mean, I really would. That, that makes perfect sense. And again. So not claiming it's a healthy coping mechanism, just that it is one. <laughs> no, it, you're right. And it is. And I really, like I said, just put a pen in this, keep it there in the back of your mind. This kind of helps bring me back around to the fact that even though I'm not a, Nesta's not my favorite character. She's not my favorite sister or anything. It, it does remind me there are things about Nesta I really do like and really do resonate with. And so just keep the thought in the back of your head because you got 
two more books to get through before you read Silver Flames. So just know it's there, okay? And as soon as they're, they're you know, they're feel, feeling that and they're, they're talking and they had stopped and they're, they're just kind of looking at the city, all of a sudden the river beneath them shifts. And as it says in the book, not a physical shifting, but a tremor in the current, in the bedrock, in the skittering things crawling on it, like ink dropped in water. And both, both, Farah and Cassian immediately notice it and immediately go on guard. And <laughs> sorry, Cass I'm laughing. Like, I'm laughing not because this is not because this is an appropriate place to laugh, but I'm laughing because. Um, there's a perfect TikTok trend that matches this scenario. And by the time that this episode comes out, I will have used it. So go check out our TikTok. It's perfect for this section. Well, there you go, folks. Check out TikTok. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Cassie goes on alert. He starts literally taps the siphons and his armor starts coming out, which was kind of a surprise for Favor because I don't think Favor's actually ever seen them oh, go from no. regular to sudden, armored. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, can't wait to, I can't wait to see it on 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 TV. I swear to God, this is going to be a hey. fun one to see. And Cassian is just he's looking like it's that whole it is it's that whole superhero like you know think your Avengers they're all looking like we know it's coming where are they? And Favor says the river remained steady but i could feel it roiling as if trying to flee from from the sea i breathed cassian's gaze shot straight ahead to the river before us to the towering cliffs in the distance that marked the raging waves where it met the ocean and there on the horizon a smear of black swift moving spreading wider as it grew closer oh shit people what's gonna happen nothing good nothing good's coming out of this one and Feyre's like, those aren't birds, are they? And Cassie's like, no Illyrians should be patrolling out here. What the hell, you know? Well, I ain't fucking Illyrians either. It's not either. The smear black separates, fracturing into countless figures. Too big for birds, far too big. I said, you have to sound the alarm. Which is that like the best signal? Like what the fuck is the alarm? I guess. But apparently, it's tsunami. like those tsunami I, I things know. that they have in Hawaii. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just bothered by this. I want to know what it well, is. Well, you know, I'm kind of surprised by it because I have to say, you know, I mean, I've lived in in Tornado Alley. I've lived in Tornado Country, so I'm I'm used to hearing the air sirens for tornadoes. The whole bit. I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about either. But okay, but that's okay because apparently. The good citizens of Alaris have started to notice shit's funny mm -hmm. and are kind of telling half the world, WTF, we got to get the hell out of here. And so Cassian goes into protector mode and he's trying to protect her and he goes to, to kind of, you know, put favor behind him, so to speak, to protect him or protect her. 
And she's literally at the point now where she's she her magic has just come to life and she's got, you know, ice and fire and blood and air. And it's just all in her blood and her fingers and everything off. She's angry and she's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick them off. I'm going to go. And she's like, get Amarin, get Azrael. Yep, yep. And by this, this point, we do have exactly what you said, which is like our Avengers moment. Yeah, it really is. It's a strange little Avengers moment. You know how I Im- imagine her almost? It's kind of that whole um, the Scarlet Witch yes a thousand percent i was just thinking that i get a very scarlet witch image from her and as they're watching it they'd reach the cliffs and these creatures are also bearing soldiers and invading host hold on be right back Sorry about that. Anyway, we have this invading host coming in, you know, it's that whole invading host and Cassian pulls an Illyrian blade and a fighting knife and he hands them to Feyre and he tells her, get back to the townhouse now, which I think is kind of funny because I mean, I get that he's in protector mode, but at the same time, she is not she is not unable to protect herself. She is fully capable of taking care of herself and protecting herself and keeping herself safe. And she's like, I most certainly would not go. If they were flying, I could use my power to my advantage, freeze their wings, burn them, break them, even if there were so many, even if, and so fast, as if they were carried on a fell wind, the force reached the outer edges of the city and unleashed arrows upon the shrieking people rushing for cover in the streets. So Pharaoh's got these weapons and Cassian's immediate response, God bless him, was to tap a siphons and he creates this huge, um, uh, he, he explodes red light out of a siphon and it's blasting up and away and it forms a hard wall in, in the sky above the city, directly in the path of this oncoming force of soldiers. And you know, he, he's definitely feeling them fight and he's grinding his teeth against their battle. But he kept shoving his shield up, pushing with his power, using the siphons, and he's pushing that shield out. And the, the, the creatures, however, were prepared and they had those... Which is super annoying. Blue, that blue stone crap. That, that chain crap. You know, can, yeah, that can nullify high phase powers and they're using it to punch through the shield and the main force that was there to pharaoh's unending horror looked like the adder so, ew, Big oof. they're punching through cassian's shield and he's fighting and he's still trying to do anything but he's down there protecting her they launch themselves you know there there's you know, splitting away and, and going into different groups. Like they really kind of plan the attack. They're going to attack different parts of the city. Cassian's roaring at Feyre to go. She's like on this bridge. Like, do I stay? Do I go? Right. What do I do? He, you know, they're breaking through in smaller groups. And so Cassian's really struggling to keep his shield up over the city to prevent them from getting through. 
and Feyre has finally come to realize that that had would been what has been delaying the king all these months, gathering his arsenal, uh, the weapons. Yeah, to fight unfortunately, he was getting stronger, not like out to afternoon tea. Yeah, unfortunately, he 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 had been biding his time well, and not in a good way. So anyway, all of a sudden, there's this horrifying screaming and hissing laughter and then a wet crunching thud yeah and Cassian's response is to say shit 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 and when Pharaoh gets out from underneath him to see who or what it was there on one of those towering elegant lampposts blanking the bridge her body was bent her back arched on the impact <coughs> as if she were in the throes of passion her golden hair had been shorn to the skull. Her golden eyes had been plucked out. She was twitching where she had been impaled on the post, the metal pole straight through her slim torso, gore clinging to the metal above her. I could not break my stare from the golden queen or from the adder who swept through the hole it had made and alighted atop the blood-soaked lamppost. Regards, it hissed of the mortal queens and Jurian, and then it leapt into flight. And he is, I mean, this is horrible. This it's is what they disgu- did to the Golden Queen? It's disgusting. This is that whole head on the statue in the Spring Court all over again. Yeah. But actually worse. Yeah, way worse. So I'm like, ew. That's definitely going to make for some interesting television watching. Because if they cut that out, there's going to be like some weird. Oh, yeah. It changes the dynamics. I'm sorry. And so Cassian starts screaming at Farah run home now leave and and you know she he he finally takes off up into the air favors just kind of standing there still on this bridge kind of going well shit, what do i do where do i go what do i do do i do i do i go home and so she starts she's like wait i can save the queen the blood in my 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 in my veins i can save the queen i right. have the power and as she goes to take a step toward the queen literally takes her final breath and dies right there in the lamppost. It's yeah. going to be some, yeah, it's going to be some interesting television. I'm sorry, but that's weird. So to say the least, we have chaos and, and it's battle. It's war, people. We are in the middle of a war in the, in the beautiful city of Alaris. And so Favor starts running and she's running for her side of the sigil for the townhouse she couldn't feel comfortable enough to winnow because she's afraid that if she winnows, she's she's just not going to be stable enough because she's starting to panic. And she's thinking, how many people can she get into the house that she can protect? Which is fair. I mean, that's a that's a method to the madness. Why not? I you know, I appreciate that. I do. I mean, God bless her. She's at least trying to figure out how she can keep her people safe. Not that she could keep many of them, but she was trying, right? She acknowledges that the hybrid soldiers were already atop the hill at the two palaces, laughing at all the screaming and the pleading as they broke into buildings, dragging people out. Blood dribbled down the cobblestones and little rivers. And Fira starts to get really angry. And she's like, they had done this. Those queens had, had given the city of art and music and food over to those monsters. The king must have used the cauldron to break the wards. And all of a sudden there's this huge boom. And Fira's like, holy shit she looks up well cassian and Azrael are up in the sky so she's like what the she's watching them and and 
she's like, all right, well, maybe it was, you know, whatever. And she, she's, she gets sucked into watching Cassian and Azrael fight in the air, but wherever Cassian and Azrael were and however, you know, whenever they aimed their magic at the, at the soldiers for Highburn, Highburn soldiers fell and died and yay, go, go our side. <laughs> but Fear acknowledges that this is not an attack to sack the city. This was an extermination. Which is like a lot. That- it is a lot, you know, and, 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 and mind you, guys, she's having this whole thought while she's literally running through the city. And I want you guys to know, I'm skipping through tons and tons of stuff. Like I'm going through pages and pages of stuff here. Okay. I'm, I'm really kind of trying to shorten it, but there's this whole, you know, crazy thing going on. And as Faber's running home to the townhouse, she is having this thought that this isn't just an attack. This is to exterminate, wipe out the city, to wipe out resand, right? And as she starts to get to a point, she's like rising up before me, merely a few blocks down, the rainbow of Alaris was bathed in blood. The outer oh, result had, had converged there. Yeah, I mean, the poor, God, the rainbow, right? She's like, the adder and his elk had converged there. It's as if the queens had told him where to strike, where in Valaris would be the most defenseless, the beating heart of the city. And that's heartbreaking. I mean, remember, she has finally gotten to that point where she can paint and see art again, and that part of her heart is there. And so this is like a big deal that she is literally watching the adder and his cronies in the heart of the city. And then she realizes that it's not Cassian or Azrael on the other side. It's not even the bad guys. It's not even Highburn, but Amarin on the other side, making all those big booms yes. on the other side of the river. Yes, our girl Amarin. And she literally would just point and entire sections of soldiers would crash down and die. She is like, okay, I have a choice. I can go home. Or I can stay here in, in the rainbow and I can defend the rainbow. And Farrah makes a stand and she decides she's going to defend the rainbow. She's like, this is my home. These were my people. If I died defending them, defending that small place in the world where art thrived, then so be it. And I became darkness and shadow and wind. So she stops where she was, realizes what's going on down in 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 the rainbow of Valaris and winnows down there. And um, she sees the, the hybrid soldiers coming. And she starts running and she is literally, she's like, you know, running and slicing. Thank God, you know, that Cassian has trained her at this point. She spent so much time training with him because. Oh yeah. Thank God. She's become a bit of a whirling dervish and a killing machine all in one. She starts to realize she's never going to make it. She's never going to get through them and kill them all. She looks across the, the, the street and there's this fairy. She's defending her shop, her building with a pipe against these soldiers and the um, people that are inside her building trying to, to you know, seek shelter and, and, and are just terrified and upset. And, you know, these soldiers are, are harassing this fairy and making fun of her and just kind of like, you know, toying with her. But this fairy held the line. Which I'm obsessed with this part. I am too. Anyway, fairy turns around, she's looking and she realizes the river. And these soldiers spot her from up the hill and they start racing for her. And Pharaoh's like, I ran faster. I ran back for the river at the foot of the hill for the singing Sidra. And I hit the edge of the quay, the water already stained with blood and slammed my foot down in a mighty stomp. And as if an answer, the Sidra rose. 
She wills it up and wolves of water break from behind her out of this out of the river. It's a good thing she wolves hung out people. with her uh, water powers back at the summer court. That's right. Just saying. Yep, just just a good thing that she did do that. So she's out there and she's, you know, she's doing this and she's like, I became the Sidra, ancient and deep, and I bent it to my will. She lifts her blades and the soldiers stop dead in their tracks as she turns towards them and the wolves of water break from behind her and the soldiers whirl running in the other direction because it was kind of an oh shit moment. Like they know that they are now outnumbered and outgunned. And as Feyre says, my wolves were faster. I was faster. I ran with them in the heart of the pack. And these these water wolves are, you know, roaring out of the Sidra and they're going after and literally drowning the soldiers. They're attacking soldiers and drowning them. And it's kind of cool when you think about it, because these these water creatures are leaping out of the of the of the river and are coming to like jump up and like they they attack and then uh, by attacking they go you know up the nose and the mouth right and they literally suffocate them and drown them it's kind of a cool way to could to do be it, a you know? really great cgi moment you know i'm kind of excited this i'm really excited for this episode like it sounds kind of like i'm bloodthirsty i'm not i'm just curious i'm excited to see how they do it because this this is going to be a cool episode if they do it right she kills the soldiers that are harassing the shopkeeper. She saves everybody in the shop. And then the soldiers that weren't killed start using their rings and they leap up into the air. And so the wolves go from being wolves to eagles and hawks and falcons. And they're slamming into the, to the soldiers. Well, the soldiers are suddenly like, they're freaking out and they're like, wait a minute, but I'm not dead yet. And then Feyre literally just kind of, she switches her magic. Remember, she's learned she can do this. She can go between water and ice and fire and wind and the whole bit, right? So she switches. Once they're all covered in water from her water birds, she closes her fist and turns it to ice. And then they just go falling out of the sky. Kaboom. And... Frozen solid, it says in here, dozens of the winged soldiers fell to the earth as one and shattered upon the cobblestones. So they aren't there anymore to bother people and harass them and hurt them. So go Pharaoh. Like, this is like super fast thinking going from water to to ice to, this is like major magic. She's like, you know, those that fled my wolves and they took to the skies, they froze and shattered and froze and shattered until the streets were laden with ice and gore and broken bits of wing and stone. Until the screaming of my people stopped and the screams of the soldiers became a song in my blood. And once one of the soldiers rose up above the brightly painted buildings and I knew him. And she's like, oh shit, because it's the adder. And she's like, like dun, dun, dun. This, this, this jerk is mine. He's mine. He has a target on his back with Feyre's name written all over it. And she's like, none of my friends saw the adder sailing up. And she's like, she knew if she didn't stop it, it was going to fly back to Highburn to the king. You know, she realizes that it had chosen to come here out of spite to Reese and her. And she had no doubt that he had helped to torture that beautiful golden haired queen 
Right. And, you know, like he had tor- like he had helped to torture Claire and her and everything else. She just, I mean, fear is like yeah. kind of starting to see red. This is kind and of his MO. It is his MO, you know, and we all know what a pleasant creature he is, not. And all of a sudden through her her mind in her shields, she hears us, where are you? Which is fair. It is. And he starts screaming, where are you? And Pharaoh's watching the adder and she's like, he's getting away. Higher, higher. He's up in the air and she's getting upset. And, you know, Reese is screaming in her head and she sheaths her knife in her, in the blade. And she's, she's looking around and she sees the ash arrows coated in bloodbane. And her response to Reese at that moment then is, I'm exactly where I need to be. And she winnows into the sky. And that, that is the end of 58. Yes. We're not done here, people. We still have more to go. So chapter 59, she literally winnows into the sky and she winnows up to a rooftop. She's got an ash arrow in either either hand and she is looking for the adder and she finds him. And Reese is screaming for her in her head. And she, honestly, she just, she throws the shield down and she shuts him out, like totally shuts Reese yeah. out. Which I think, depending on how you read, could come off as like kind of a jerky move. But I think it was just a like, I can't have my brain in two places or I'm not going to be good. Like, otherwise, this is going to get dangerous. Right. She realized she couldn't focus and do what she needed to do. She says in here, the adder was mine. Like she is single-mindedly decided she's going after the adder. She's going to kill the adder. Fuck this. I'm going out. I'm killing him and taking him out. And as she's starting to winnow and keep an eye on the adder, she's like, my mate, death incarnate, night triumphant, as a mighty darkness devours the world. And the soldiers on his path did not merge again. So Reese is there, like Reese is now back in Valaris. And she looks up after she notices that Reese is there and he, his darkness is sweeping in. And she's like, I spotted the adder going out to the sea, trying to go to Highburn. And she's like, uh-uh, turkey. And she, she basically, she, she winnows from where she is on top of a building to where the adder is in the air. She literally emerges from her window just above on top of the adder. Which and is like amazing tr- because remember this poor girl could not widow to save her fucking life like weeks ago. Exactly. Like it, it's, it's all of a sudden it's, it's almost like instinct kicked in and she just, she just did it, you know, kind of cool. What focus and drive will do it, for you. Oh yeah. And She's looking at the adder and, and it's, you know, shrieking as she slams into it and she takes the two poison arrows and one goes in each wing and she makes sure to put them in the dead center of the muscle of each wing. Yes. So now she's crippled the adder because it can't fly because she's just poisoned and, and arrowed his wings with ash arrows, which we know damages them plus the poison from the, the blood vein. So go Farah. And she's like, in the span of a heartbeat, I wrapped myself around the adder and I became a living flame that burned everywhere I touched. 
And it's like, okay, so remember, she's gone from water to ice. Now she's fire. And she's literally burning the adder's skin. All I can think when when we're describing these things is like Avatar, the next airbender. (laughs) Feyre, the waterbender, her and her water wolves. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting image. Um, Glad I could share that with you. Thank you. Considering my son's into anime. Thanks. Thanks a lot. As is my <laughs> husband. How, how do you think I know these things? I know. We've had these conversations. So the shatter is thrashing against her, but it's wings with the arrows and with her wrapped around it, burning him, the adder can't fly. So they are now in free fall headed from way, 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 way up high in the sky back down towards Valaris. And she's like, free fall, down into the world, into blood and pain, the wind tore at us. And the adder could not break free from my flaming grasp or from my poisoned arrow skewering its wings. And she's like, as we fell, my dagger found its way into my hand. Hmm. And Reese somehow spots her. And she's like, not yet, not yet. Please go away. Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me do this. And she angles the dagger, agger, she, she angles the dagger, good grief, in towards the adder. And she stabs the, the adder and she's like, this one's for Reese. And then the next one she does is she's like, this is for Claire. And she stabs it and she's twisting it. And she's just making this as miserably painful as she can as for this she should. asshole. Absolutely. And now they're at the point where they're falling fast enough that buildings are taking form. She can see the color of the sidra, the fact that the sky is empty, free of soldiers, but and so are the streets. She can make out people and their shapes, and the ground is starting to swell up to meet them. And she's kind of like, the adder is violently so bucking, it's, is, is bucking so violently against her, fighting her. Um, it's all it could do that she could to keep her, her grip on it um, and, and not be. Uh, flung through the air (laughs) and flung through the air and she's like and this I breathed leaning close to say the words in its ear into its rotted soul I slid my dagger in a third time relishing the splintering of bones and flesh this is for me she gets a little um bloodthirsty oh yeah and she's like she's on the point where she can this is just to make a quick connection to other books this is where she gets a little um this is where she gets a little poppy from blood and ash. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little, yeah. let me kill you and let me make it really ugly. Exactly. But they're, they're getting close enough that she's like, hmm. she's like, I'll see you in hell. Literally they're probably feet, <laughs> feet from splattering. And as soon as she says that, she winnows away, leaving the adder behind to go splat. And it goes splat. Adder juice. Lots of it. Blood guts going. Smushed adder. Easy smush. And I love how it's described in here because she literally says, I sifted through the world, propelled by my own power and the velocity of my plummet. I emerged a few feet away. 
my body taking longer than my mind to catch up. So she is mentally aware that the adder has splattered, but she physically hasn't finished winnowing there yet. But apparently she gave herself enough room and knew what she was doing that she winnows, lands, and pretty much falls down into a building. And she's just kind of sitting there and she's like upset and she's trembling and she's she's also kind of in her own zone which is fair and after all that it is i mean she's she's kind of you know, been in her own zone mentally she's kind of she she was a woman on a mission and she she accomplished her mission and she finally acknowledges that you know the wave of darkness resan's power at last had hit her side of the river And people, people were like her, her people were very calm. And the only people that were making any noise at all were the soldiers that hadn't been killed yet because they are now dying. And then it, it's like, poof, magic, there's sunlight. The darkness is gone. And I love this bit. This is like a little awesome moment in here. And it's a crunch of boots before me, the beat and whisper of mighty wings, a hand on my face, tilting my chin as I stared and stared at the splattered ruin of the adder. Violet eyes met mine, Reese. Reese was here. And, and I had, he leaned forward, his brow sweat coated, his breathing uneven. He gently pressed a kiss to my mouth to remind us both who we were, what we were. My icy heart thawed, the fire in my gut was soothed by a tendril of dark, and the water trickled out of my veins and back into the Sidra. And Reese's comment to her, and I love this, favorite curse breaker, the defender of the rainbow. Yes, love that. And then Farrah completely has a meltdown and starts losing her shit and just Reese is holding her while she has a meltdown and cries. Which, I mean, like, kudos to her for holding it together to, to get through the whole act at first absolutely like absolutely kudos to her for pulling that off yeah go girl you're my girl so um anyway and that, that's the end of chapter 58 or 59 yeah well it should be the end so, of 58 because let's talk about that real quick why is sure. one plot point broken like let's talk two about chapters? this why is one plot point broken into two chapters and like as you're going to see chapter 60 like we get some weird snowflakes that could have been chapters and they're not and i just i don't understand how these like snowflake versus chapter breaks were determined because i sort of feel like in this section they're backwards also if Agreed. you just just throwing this out here friends if you listen very closely you will hear my infant daughter making all sorts of noises because she has all sorts of feelings uh she's been uh a part of the podcast from day one just usually she was uh you know quietly on the inside now she's not so quietly on the outside <laughs> so she's she's voicing her strong opinions yeah too. no matter we're, we're how, happy to have failure no, do that yeah no matter how no matter how many edits i make i am not going to successfully edit out every uh weird little noise she makes in the background so um just know that there's a small infant voicing her opinions she has strong feelings about uh most fantasy things you should hear her yes. opinions on the witcher 
Well, I look forward to hearing them. I haven't heard all has, of those yet. She also has strong opinions when I watch. She also has strong opinions when I watch Rain, and sometimes you can hear those strong opinions in the background of my TikToks. I, I am so excited. She's she's so awesome. My my child is much noisier, but he um he's in bed at this hour, so I don't have to worry. And my fur babies are sleeping because they're fur babies. So anyway, Kelsey, you ready to take on chapter sixty? Oh yes, let's do it. Chapter 16. Valaris Ooh. is secure, is the first thing <laughs> that we hear. <laughs> Farah's internal monologue tells us that they've just now stopped to rest for the first time since the attack. Bloodied, bruised, exhausted, they've been trying their best to like heal and patch up town as best they can. Interestingly, we get basically a page of stage directions. <laughs> but they paint a really vivid picture of the inner circle at this moment as if like frozen in time so here's the picture reese is leaning up against the mantle Feyre and more are limp and sprawled over the couch cassian has collapsed into an armchair designed specifically for wings and amarin and az are on the second couch on the room and room and amarin is all like but passed out she's like almost asleep and leaning on az and he doesn't dare move and wake up Amarin because he'd catch hell for that. <laughs> He's a little scared. <laughs> yeah. So he apparently looks a little terrified. But basically what we learn is that while we get the account of what like Feyre and Cassian and As were doing in chapters 58 and 59, Amarin was on the other side of the river, like you mentioned, using all of her powers to single-handedly take down the soldiers over there and so we get kind of a more detailed like we get a more detailed account of what was happening like on her end essentially she broke into the minds of the soldiers and caused them to like fall from the sky and the worst of them she showed them their own nightmares before killing them with terror which is pretty fucking brutal i'm kind of like you go amron <laughs> i know i love her <laughs> she's pretty awesome I'm i like, know mm. I know, like, bitch did the most. <laughs> like, hmm? she, she, no wonder they left, have no problem leaving her alone in Valar. <laughs> right, right. Because now we have to have, yeah, like that hard conversation about like, what are our next moves? And Cassian opens the door to the conversation and says that thanks to the Queens, they now don't have much time before who knows like who or what tries to attack Valaris next. And Feyre piggybacks off this point and she's kind of like, yeah, it's time to destroy the cauldron and reese ever the leader just like hears everyone out and remains silent and amarin like you said yeah just like offers to stay behind in Valaris. and she's like you guys can go do that i will stay here because she knows that she's the only one with any hope of being able to single-handedly save the city if it came down to that while they were gone so this portion of the conversation yeah <laughs> which like i get but this portion of the conversation closes out with <laughs> what will be like a great episode ending more mm -hmm. like barges into the middle and is like so what do we do now and amron replies we sleep we eat <laughs> and azrael adds then we retaliate <laughs> <laughs> and i was like if that's not the end of an episode i don't know what is um you know that really like i mean normally you would want it to kind of go with the chapters but that is like 
Well, yeah. but this goes with what we just said because then we get a snowflake. So I'm like, what the fuck? No, this is supposed to be the end of the chapter. Like, who made these weird decisions? But ugh, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> I agree. Like at the bit where I said it ended on 59 and Favor's having her meltdown, it just should have been a snowflake, had this little bit right there. Yeah. And then and this should have been break the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. Who the hell are we? But <laughs> Farah tells Just us fans that read the book that, that are talking about it. Exactly. And Farah tells us that she's gone up to their room and she's all cleaned up, but she's done now. And she notices that Farah, ha- <laughs> she notices that Reese hasn't come up to their room yet. So she tugs on the bond and finds him on the roof. Sliding onto his lap, they have this whole conversation that we probably saw coming where Reese is feeling guilty, thinking that he made a bad move showing the Queens Valaris. But Feyre points out that they didn't have any other options. Also somewhat expected, they talk about how during the attack, Feyre blocked Reese out. You shut me out. You shielded against me completely. I couldn't find a way in. And she apologizes and he says, sorry, be impressed. That shield, what you did to the adder. And then it just kind of ends dot, 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 which like, damn, he's right. She made such, like, I kind of said this when you were going through your chapters, but like she made such progress in such a short amount of time. Like a blink. Yeah. A blink. And she's like, she became like this major badass. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, he does, of course, note that she could have died and she kind of like falls back on like her old ways and asks if he's mad about it. And he's like, most certainly not. <laughs> the quote is, I want to throttle you. Yes, for not going back to the townhouse, but you chose to fight for them for Valaris. I don't deserve you, which is so sweet and untamlin like, <laughs> you know, wrapping this up with like a neat little bow so that they can like get back to the sex part says (laughs) we deserve each other and we deserve to be happy yep put a pin in that because this is the moment i feel like sjm was like oh i'm gonna go right (laughs) akafas Like, I feel like this is the moment where she was like, hmm, what would happy look like for them? Time to write the Christmas special. (laughs) You know, I hadn't thought of it, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because this like kind of comes circle, like full circle of like, they do deserve like happiness. And that's like a whole freaking side quest, basically. (laughs) But don't don't get me started (laughs) on that one. Uh, Because you know, she's already got the next book basically plotted out at this point. Well, sure, sure. So, yeah. Anyway, like I said, we learned that they fuck on the roof, but we don't get details, just a snowflake. <laughs> and that's the, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like, good. Um, <laughs> I don't got to write a song for it or whatever. <laughs> after, after chapter 55, I'm good for a little while, really. Uh, the next morning, Amarin has cracked the code with the books. You must Woo. touch the you must touch the cauldron and speak these words, she says, and hands favor a piece of paper. And more asking the questions we all want to ask, looks at the two halves of the book and says, What happens if we put both halves together? And Amarin simply says, Don't put them together. <laughs> <laughs> Which just totally cracks me up. I love Amarin. Um, she does explain in more detail that basically if you put the two halves together the result is a blast of power that'll rock the world and so yeah don't do it right 
And Cassian, like the day prior, chimes in and says that we don't like, says what we don't really want to talk about. And the fact that it's time and we need a plan. And Kim and I were talking offline about this. <laughs> and I really feel like there's something awkward about how they like start having this conversation about what our plan is, but then cut it off with that weird, like as being like, and then we retaliate. And then Pharaoh's just like, okay, I'm gonna go take a shower now. Like, I feel like Cassian knew we needed to have this conversation yesterday and he like started to bring it up and then mm -hmm. he knew that it wasn't going to go well and he and Az were just standing in the background like no you tell him no you tell him no you tell him and then fi fine I'll play the game of rock paper scissors lizard spock then you right. know I mean and then by the time he's like fine fine I'll do it I'll do it he turned and like everyone's fucking gone <laughs> <laughs> exactly where'd, where'd they all go I guess they'll take a shower it's fuck we'll do this tomorrow like yeah I don't know I just feel like there's something really fucking awkward about how this goes down but anyway <laughs> um anyway we need a new plan and in fact Cassie and Azriel do have a plan and like I said they know Reese won't like it well because remember Reese and Moore were in the Court of Nightmares and Cass and Ezra were babysitting Farrah because let's face it, that's right. really what they were doing. Right. But they were also game planning. They were game planning. And in fact, it, she does say that. Well, and that's their freaking job. Like, I feel exactly. like that's the whole point of them. So this is what we find out. The general and the spy master. Right. Yes. We move in now, Cassian said. Since you can't winnow without being tracked, more and as will winnow us all in. Pharaoh breaks the cauldron and we get out. We'll be there and gone before anyone notices and the King of Highburn will have a new piece of cookware. <laughs> and Pharaoh's like, um, but do we like know where the fuck the cauldron is? It's like, okay, great. But do we actually know where the cauldron is? And he says, we do know where it is. We've been able to narrow it down to the lower levels, Asriel adds. And... Basically, they explain that it's a solid plan. The king doesn't know our sense. We wreck the cauldron and vanish before he notices. It'll be a graver insult than the bloodier direct route we've been considering, Reese. We've beat them yesterday, so we go into the castle. We'll leave a few reminders that we won the last damn war for a reason. <laughs> and basically, like... Cassian and Az are just like beating around the bush about how like moral winnow is in and 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 Pharaoh will do her thing and Reese is finally like are you asking me to stay outside while my mate goes into his stronghold and Azriel's just like yes which is <laughs> <laughs> like hence the rock paper scissors yesterday like fuck yes <laughs> We got the lizard. <laughs> That's the part I want to know, you know? Right, right. And so he explains, if Fairy can't nullify the cauldron easily or quickly, we'll steal it. Send the pieces back to the bastard when we're done breaking it apart. Either way, Fairy calls you through the bond when we're done. You and more when it us out. They won't be able to track you fast enough if you only come to retrieve us. And Reese, again, so not Tamlin, takes no. all this in. And tells Feyre it's up to her if she wants to go. And she gives us an internal monologue about how in this moment, he's like so not Tamlin that she wonders how she was ever so broken as to let Tamlin treat her the way he did. Because right. she's like, wait a minute, like this guy is actually like leaving this, leaving decisions about me up to me. What the fuck? I cannot believe I ever let somebody make those kinds of decisions for me. And 
then Reese says what I think is an underrated line and might actually be my favorite. And I don't see people talk about it enough. He says, you might be my mate, but you remain your own person. You decide your fate, your choices, not me. You chose mm-hmm. yesterday. You choose every day forever. Yep. And I'm like, that just makes my little wildflower can't cage bird heart so happy. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, I just, because what it shows is that as much as he might not like it, he's not going to take any choices away from her. Like, right. He recognizes she is her own person and yep. she needs to make the choices for herself. Yep. And I just, yeah, I love it. Uh, and it, it goes back to remember we had an entire episode titled like you can't cage a Sagittarius. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I just really feel that in my soul. Um, so I appreciate this. Uh, and Feyre internally responds together together we'd find our peace our future together we'd fight for it and externally she says let's go to Highburn." and again like a really good like and commercial break <laughs> yeah um but we, don't, we don't go to Highburn right now <laughs> we get a snowflake again do, do, do. what is with these snowflakes and these chapter breaks I just I don't know somebody slept on the job that day but anyway <laughs> Feyre is headed upstairs and she she has this weird moment that feels like out of place to me um she's not sure if she's headed to her room or Reese's they've been sharing a bed obviously and like going back and forth maybe I'm not sure um and she wonders like what's the long-term plan of this and I just don't know why she's thinking this now of all times, but I mean, fair has never been one for linear thought. So what do I know? So true. <laughs> and Reese clearly sees her standing confused as fuck at the top of the stairs and says, we can use your room if you'd like, but either your room or mine, we're sharing one from now on. Just tell me whether I should move my clothes or yours, if that's all right with you. <laughs> like guys. I love them. I do. But this falls into the category of could have been edited out. It could go with the tax structure and the birth control. Okay. <laughs> like I could trade all three of these sections in. I would gladly trade all three of these sections in for that threesome chapter we don't get in, in, in Silver Flames. Okay. <laughs> like, can I just trade them in? Is that an option? Mm. <laughs> no there's mm. no way to trade those dang it okay <laughs> um i think this is just supposed to be one more he's not tamlin moment <laughs> I, I i would agree i mean you know i mean the fact that he's like pick a room but i'm moving we're, we're sharing a bed because i think you know at the beginning of this book it was so clearly made that Tamla came and slept in her room. Yeah. She yeah. always had her own room. They never had. Yeah, a, that's what she says. She says, you don't need your space. And Reese is basically like, the fuck? No. We're mates. What the hell, lady? What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, they settle on his room and he instantly moves her close to his room and places them in a matching armoire next to his and whatever. Well, this let's is- but, but let's face it, his room has a bigger bed. That's literally what she says. She's like, your room, the bed's bigger. 
that's what I think that is why I was like this fucking section can go with the tax section and the fucking birth control discussion because it's not that it's not cute or that it's not like whatever it's just that like it's I just swear, a weird place it's also just that I swear to god I've like actually had this conversation in real life and like if I wanted to like read about conversations I could have in real life I would not read fantasy okay <laughs> not only that but here's my thing why are they having it here why are we having it because we're non-linear days before i mean okay but but this should have happened days before like they came back from 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 the cabin and this should have been discussed well that's the part i can't wrap my head around yeah i don't understand so like you've been sharing a bed for days now but well i don't know is it is that the problem have they not because what is the timing they came back and they like fucked in the Illyrian camp and more and Cassian waited outside for them to be done and then they went straight to the sisters right no they had to go home did they go home in between okay but even then did they yeah, only they had to for- get right so they went home for one night though right and then they left right away the next day here's my right. point then they came back. They should have had the conversation that night. Well, I understand, but probably they fucking didn't because they were getting ready to go and they were just like, whatever. And then... And then they were fucking like and, bunnies. Well, right, right. Yeah, so like they didn't pick... Like they didn't, they didn't pick a room to sleep in. They just fucked at a room. Like that wasn't a decision forever. And then they went to the sisters. And then when they got back to this from the sisters, that pretty much immediately is when he would have gone to the Court of Nightmares for a few days and she was being babysat. So I guess they've only probably spent, what, two nights together since getting back. And so I guess it just didn't come up because the first night they fucked like bunnies. And then probably the next night it was like, oh, we just ended up in whatever room we ended up in. And now that she's standing there, she's like, womp, 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 womp. Also, actually, maybe they didn't spend any, maybe you know why it came up? Here's why it came up. Because last night they didn't spend a night in either room. They slept on the roof. Remember? Because they fucked on the roof. That doesn't sound comfortable. No, but they fucked yeah, on the I roof, know, so they probably just... just chilled there until morning. And then, I mean, you know how they, you remember chapter 55? That took all night. This is true. So they haven't slept much. <laughs> anyway. This is true. <laughs> now that we've worked through that, like the tax structure, uh, the point, <laughs> the point of this. <laughs> the point is that they finally have decided which bedroom they're going to have right. together. But I still stand by the fact they should make this decision. A couple yeah, days I ago. mean, I yeah, I mean, I like went out on a limb to try to make this make some damn sense. Okay, like I just worked really hard. Um, but I mean, the- they they came back to Valaris and they went to dinner at the town ta- at the House of Wind, where the inner circle pledged to Feyre to serve and protect. Yeah. Shit, that night, yes, they might have fucked like bunnies, but they could have decided at that moment what bedroom. I mean, I'm with you, but I don't control Farah's weird fucking thought process. <laughs> but I'm kind of like shocked that that Reese didn't like. <laughs> um, it may not have occurred to him. Like, I yeah. like I said, I think it. He was looking at it as what he said, which is like her room, my room. I don't really give a shit. We're just sharing a room. And I think up until this point, they haven't been doing much sleeping anyway. And if she hadn't stood there being awkward as hell, he might've been just as happy to basically keep flip-flopping until they actually like accidentally picked a room. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, like in my personal life, it'd be kind of like when my husband and I were dating, 
like we never like made the decision that we were going to spend all of our time at his place. We just realized we started spending all of our time at his place because it was nicer. And I mean, it's not like we had a discussion about that. We just, after a couple of weeks, realized that was a thing. So it just became the thing that I would go over there instead of him coming to my place because I had roaches. So... <laughs> So like, maybe he just thought, oh, we'll just naturally pick one. And if she hadn't been standing there being awkward as fuck, he wouldn't have to say anything. (laughs) This is probably true, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, the point of this is that they get into the room and he's winnowed her shit in or whatever. And he closes the door to what is now their room. And he grabs a ring box. And upon opening it, as I'm sure you've guessed, is the ring favorite retrieved from the weaver. Ta-da! My mother gave me that ring to remind me she was always with me, even during the worst of my training. And when I reached my majority, she took it away, which by the way, is such a fucking weird statement. Okay. I'm sorry. I think I feel, feel strongly that the word we were looking for was maturity, not majority, but what the fuck do I know? (laughs) No, actually majority, majority is correct. It sounds ridiculous. (laughs) No, it's correct. Go back to your Regency romance novel writing. Right. But that's not where we are. (laughs) No, it's not. But. But, because haven't we been talking about how Illyrians have to hit like a certain age to be like whatever the fuck, which would that's make my it point. Much- that's their majority. It's like, I guess, isn't that, isn't that when they hit 21 in England in the Regency time period, you turn 21, you hit your majority. I think so, and then- but I was thinking more like physical maturity for no, battle. no, but they're not in Regency England. <laughs> I'm I didn't pick the word. Right. That's why it sounds ridiculous to me. And I'm arguing it should be a different word. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, fine. You know what? If we're going to roll with this, then I stand by. He's fucking English. And there's only one actor who can play him. And now I'm going to die on this hill. Because if he has to say this dumb fucking sentence, then he has to be British. Okay? Okay. Anyway. I agree with that. (laughs) Okay, anyway, back to the point. Um, Because this paragraph is actually really sweet. I just went on a tangent. Uh, Starting over for everyone. (laughs) My mother gave me that ring to remind me that she was always with me, even during the worst of my training. And when I reached my majority, she took it away. It was an heirloom of her family. Had been handed down from female to female over many, many years. My sister wasn't born yet, so she wouldn't have known to give it to her. But my mother gave it to the weaver. And then she told me that if I were to marry or mate, then the female would either have to be smart or strong enough to get back, get it back. And if the female wasn't either of those things, then she wouldn't survive the marriage. I promised my mother that any potential bride or mate would have the test. And so it sat there for centuries. And Feyre's like, you said that this was something of value. And he's like, it is to me and my family. And she's like putting this whole thing together. She's like, so my trip to the weaver. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was vital that we learn if you could detect those objects. But I picked the object out of pure selfishness. And she's like, so I won my wedding ring without ever being asked if I wanted to marry you? And the answer is yes. Uh, but, <laughs> and because we're not linear thinkers, Feyre switches it up. And she's like, so when we go to Highburn, Okay, but 
in fairness, this is a halfway linear thought. You just have to like work it out with her. She says, yep. when we go to Highburn, let's say things go badly. Will anyone be able to tell that we're mated? Could they use that against you? And the short answer is yes, if they consented out. So she determines to not wear the ring right now. And so that is a halfway linear thought. Mm-hmm. But adorably, Feyre closes the box and tells Reese. After we nullify the cauldron, I want to do it all. Get the bond declared, get married, throw a stupid party, and invite everyone in Valaris. All of it. And they have more sex we don't get details of. And that's the end of chapter 16. (laughs) But you know what? I'm okay with not getting more details. Because really, I'm still like, after chapter 55. I agree with you, except for the fact that I can tell you we now have less than 10% of this book left. And we have two episodes that we're going to do for that like leftover 9% um, before we right. move on to Akawar. So like buckle up is about to get wild for the next two weeks. Yeah, it really is. But knowing that and people who have read it know that it, to me, it is a little weird that we get this big, like we have like the slow burn for like freaking what, 54 chapters. <laughs> Yeah. And then in fairness, we get a little something, something with the weird spicy in the, uh, you know, quarter night. Two idiots in a bed. Yeah. And we get a little bit of two idiots in a bed, but we mostly get a slow burn until yes. In fairness, probably the only one that really counts is two idiots in a bed. And then we get more bullshit. And then we get all of chapter 55 and that's, you know, is what it is. We don't get anything else for the rest of the book. And knowing what happens to get us from the end of Akamath to the beginning of Akawar, it is a little like odd. Thank God she put the sentences in there where she's like, yeah, but then they have sex. I just don't explain it to you. Because if she didn't say that, it would be like, wait, so they fuck like bunnies and then don't for a really, really long time. What so, can I say? I mean, at least we like are aware of the fact that like we're just not getting the details, but they're doing it like bunnies. Um, because otherwise I just feel like it would be weird knowing what we know about what happens at the end of this book Next. going into Akor. <laughs> but see, but saying that, her decision about the ring also makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, no. Um, is actually she don't know it yet, but she's a genius. Um <laughs> beyond a genius yeah she doesn't I'm know gonna state this, i'm gonna state this for the record because kelsey already knows this and we have both been giggling about this for months quite literally but we're gonna have a hamilton moment <laughs> yes yes guys we got two wild weeks coming up including a hamilton Ooh. moment you get like the funniest king george hamilton moment leave it to us to take what is actually a horrendous moment and make it fucking hilarious it's our coping well, mechanism guys it really is isn't it we we, we laugh about everything yeah well. yeah i pretty much get through life being the comedic relief um <laughs> i'm just your straight man <laughs> i get through life just pretending it's one big comedy show it's fine it's fine uh the whole world's a lot easier to live with if you pretend you're on a sitcom (laughs) this is true (laughs) and with that uh in mind uh, what are our songs today i know some of those will give us a giggle (laughs) yes yes they better i hope so please people so we this is kind of an odd little section to come up with songs for truly 
So bear in mind, guys, that when I did this, I was like, okay, how do I do this? How am I going to, and, and Kelsey, I'll tell you, I really, I kind of struggled for a little bit. There, there, there are a couple songs that I knew and a couple songs I was like, I have no idea. And it took, it took a lot of um, digging through playlists and my music and literally more musical genres than I care to count, which I do all the time for this part of the episode. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I'm a, you know, I admittedly know I'm an 80s girl, but I listen to pretty much all kinds of music and that span all the different genres and all the different, you know, styles and time periods. And so I do, I do pull different things from different time periods. And so just understand that that's where some of this comes from. But I really do take my time to do this because I really want the songs in my mind. And Kelsey and I talk about this to really kind of fit what's happened in the story in this part that we're talking about. And again, some of it's just to kind of be cheeky and have fun because you know what? You kind of got to, you got to find the humor in some of this because for sure, there's some heavy stuff in here. And every once in a while, you just need that little moment of levity. So speaking of levity, the first song is actually what I would consider a bit of a funny haha levity kind of song. And it's the beginning of the, of the attack uh, on Valaris where mm-hmm, Cassie mm-hmm. and Faye were on the bridge. And it's, should I stay or should I go by the clash? Because Faye having that internal, where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> so I just, it's funny because, you know, should I stay or should I go? So right. Gotta have, like I said, it's all about a sense of humor. Love it. The next song is Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Um, and specifically for when Cassian and Azrael are shielding the city and defending it in the air from the hybrid soldiers and yeah, and maybe. Kim can see me on our Zoom screen, like dancing to it in my head. Um, yes. Just throwing this fun fact out there for any of you. Seven Nation Army happens to be at a perfect tempo for lowering your heart rate if you are nervous for something. So it's highly recommended you listen to it before going into, say, a job interview. And you listen to it and then you listen to it in your head while you're walking to your job interview and you walk all tall and on top of your shit and just picture shit blowing up behind you. And you will feel like a badass as you walk into your interview. And I'm just saying that there's a group of us that have done this and, uh, we've never not gotten a job we interviewed for yet, you know, knock on wood so far, so good. So just, you know, stick that in the back of your head. Next time you uh, need something to lower your heart rate and you really need to feel like a badass to pull something off. Seven Nation Army, do it. I would agree with that. It's a good good choice. Uh, The next song. um, So we've already done Hunger Like the Wolf, which in in this case isn't totally appropriate. But instead of doing that, we're going with Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Um, Again, it's kind of a funny, but at the same time, it's also, I mean, if you really listen to the lyrics of the song, it's about, you know, a battle and coming out on top and, and, and getting yourself, you know, to that winning position. So it's less about the tiger relevant to the water wolves and more about just the actual feeling of Farah in the moment and defending, defending the, the rainbow. Um, the song after that is Came for Blood by the group blame shift again it's a great battle song and it talks about you know favorite keeps talking about how like there's blood running down the sidra and down the cobblestones and it's just it's a good like battle song where you know she's 
it kind of pumps you up and listening to it it kind of makes me think of all the crazy shit going on with the battle and you know Amarin on one side of the river making big booming booms and stuff and you know casting ass up in the sky so that was that Taurus. the next one is a little bit dangerous by criminal crmnl and it's I, I visualize this song being played in the background as Farah's basically killing the adder. And it's it's her telling the adder, this is for for Reese and for Claire and for me. And you know, she's she's burning the adder, she's torturing the adder. Um, a little bit dangerous. It's a great song. Um, so my next one, this is a good funny, and it's kind of a moment of levity and, and a very sweet but kind of angsty moment. Um, it's it's after Favors killed the adder and, and Reese has found her on the ground and he is there and, and he's holding her while she's having her meltdown. And it's, I got you babe by Sunny and Cher. <laughs> oh Lord. Literally just kind of popped into my head and I was like, I messaged Kelsey and I was like, oh my gosh, I have the best song. And I told her and she was like, what? And, I, and she was like, oh my gosh. We both started laughing. So. Yep. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Um, and the final song is, and this is such a fun song. It's it's got such a great beat to it, and it's very kind of energizing and pumps you up a little. Is "Give Them Hell" by Everybody <laughs> Loves an Outlaw, and it's for the it's it's for chapter the first half of chapter sixty when they're coming up with the plan of what they're going to do next. So those are our songs, but like I said, I had to have some fun. Yeah, I, I got you, babe. Is kind of a it was kind of a cute, funny. I mean, I know like everybody's going to think the Eye of the Tiger is chintzy and all, but it it really is an appropriate tune. It's I got the so. right beat. It's got the I right so. you know thing. But um, I got you, babe. Is kind of my my funny haha nod. Oh, for sure. Okay. I approve. That's it. Them's awesome. my songs. You got any TikToks? I do. I do. Yes. So I have two TikToks for today. I have Ooh. I have at Paint Fairy. I think that's what it says. Uh, I will link it in the show notes. Um, she did like a chapter. She did a graphic novel type, like I don't know, like. Uh, video yeah of chapter 58 like the battle and it just mm. looks so incredible like so incredibly good so we will link that in the show notes and then so that one's like super serious and like really well done and you know i highly highly recommend you check it out and then on the funny side of things there's kate reads a lot and she's got I just think it's appropriate here. Um, I'm just going to say she has something um, like Cassian related and it's the same thing. Like when he like busts into like beast mode in 58. (laughs) It's just wildly perfect for this. (laughs) So those will both be linked in the show notes. Uh, and like I said, we're hanging out on TikTok also, so you can check us out. I've been posting daily uh, my updates with the hashtag Saving Perthian Challenge. <laughs> yes. So I've been I've been a bad co-host. Um, I ended up getting quite sick last week due to some medicine, and so I've had to drop out of the Saving Perthian Challenge because 
I am just now starting to feel good enough to start exercising again. And I am now two weeks behind. <laughs> it so happens, I will start it again. I will start again next month and uh, maybe I'll do my reaching Ramiel first. There we and, go. Or my Valkyrie wings. Yep. Yep. Uh, I yeah. will probably do that uh, next month as well. And uh, rumor has it, there'll be another challenge in November. So keep an eye out for updates from books and barbells on that. And with that, I guess that's the end of the episode. So as always, you can find us on all of the things. They all have two A's like Sarah J. Matz's name. So website, matzafansbookclub.com. That's where you can use our contact us page to let us know if you do review us on one of the lovely podcasts. Or you could even even send us a love note in there. That's true. If you you can't, can't if if you're you spotify and you can't leave a review and you want to you can you can send us a love note on there about your your review and leave it there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you can hit the email us button that's on our facebook and that's okay. massive fan book club and podcast uh you can check us out on twitter massive podcast instagram massive fans podcast pinterest at massive fans and like we said tiktok massive fan pod so um definitely if you're trying to get a hold of us probably the fastest way is instagram or email because that's yep. where we are most on top of our shiznit because yep. I still don't really understand how to use TikTok, but I'm more than welcomed for you to comment and chat with me there. I just will be slow figuring out what's happening. Cause I am not like the cool kids. <laughs> well, if you're not like the cool kids, I'm the old grouchy grandma. I'm telling you to get off my lawn. Well, we have met some of the coolest cool kids on TikTok, So that's why we're we have. <laughs> Yeah, they're awesome. And we, we are loving sharing these and chatting with all of these creators. It's been a good time. So uh awesome. Yeah. So if you have TikToks that are Akatar related that you want to share with us, uh please, please do. Us. Yeah, <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us, please. All right. I think that wraps it up. We got two more episodes left before we get into Akawar. So with that, uh, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>